welcome back to Booklet. This is Hollywood. And this is Paige Turner. Uh, so sorry about that abrupt cliffhanger for our last episode. Yes, we had some te- technical difficulties. And in the middle of me exporting, trying to export so that I could post the last episode, we lost half of it. Yeah. But here we are, an Thanks extra... For- Oh, but thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we appreciate you all for listening. Very much so. And which brings me to another exciting thing, real quick. We have almost 150 downloads already. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Obviously, we couldn't get there without you. You all are the ones downloading and listening. So we very much appreciate it. Um, we are so very excited that you all are enjoying us. And... Uh, I guess here's the rest of the story. We'll just jump right into it then, huh? Right on into it. Might as well. So we left you with um, a big rock monster coming to greet our friends. Mm-hmm. And this is the monster that has been... They, they've seen the signs. Yes, they had uh, warnings up to this point that there was a monster. and Oh, he had turned back. Um, oh, God. Why are you turned back now? And they were ignoring and kept going on. And, and bam, here's the monster. And it's a big rock monster. A big rock monster. So he's obviously huge and very old. But one of the main characteristics of him, which I find quite humorous, is his nose. They say that it's like the size of a car. Yeah, like huge. He's monstrous, like mountainous. <laughs> He's a monstrous monster. He's a monstrous monster. Surely I could come up with a better adjective. (laughs) Um, And what is the name of this monstrous monster? (laughs) His name is Factory. And so the old factory. And he's got a big nose. Old factory. (laughs) Old factory. Old factory. So, in the part of the recording that we lost, I did not catch his name until we had been saying it for about five minutes. Neither one of us caught it. And we were just like, oh, factory, oh, factory. And then we stopped and we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is brilliant. Oh, factory. <laughs> Again, with these play on words and, like, these subliminal, like, um, little jokes and puns that yes. you don't some of them you don't even catch on until you say it out loud this book definitely needs to be read out loud it's wonderful. oh yeah yeah for sure so if you get the audiobook i want to hear your thoughts on it please let me know oh please um so what does this uh mr olfactory do um he eats people so he he does he likes to cook and eat people that's his thing he yeah. has to though because if he doesn't, he's going to turn into a rock rock, like his family. Right, right. So the rest of the, um, oh, the Titan Toothpicks. Oh, yeah, the Titan Toothpicks. Um, Holly reads on a paper white, and I read most of mine on paper, it, like in actual books. And so watching Holly flip through her book is quite humorous because she's just like, tap, tap, tap. tap. <laughs> yeah, one of the downfalls about reading on a, the Kindle compared to a paperback is... You can't flip through it and find what you're looking for quite as quickly. No, no, you can't. No. Doesn't work that way. No. But yes, his family are the Titan toothpicks, and they turn into actual stone when they don't eat people. So he is thousands of years old. Yeah, and he's the only one left alive. The only one left. And so he is bound and determined to stay alive and continue to eat people. Right, but, but you can't blame him. You know, I kind of survival. I kind of feel for Mr. Old Factory because not only do I love his name, but he's a bit of a foodie. Yes, and it makes me so happy. I appreciate a foodie. My my foodie little heart. It makes me so happy. So he does not want to just scoop them up and pop them in his mouth and just eat them because that would be bland and boring. So he is marinating. Our friends, they wake up hogtied in, like, a citrusy marinade. Mm -hmm. And so they're talking to him and trying to talk him out of eating them. And he's like, I got to eat you. Boys got to eat. And Poltro is super concerned because she does not want to be eaten with mustard. She is very (laughs) upset because she thinks mustard will be involved. 
Yeah, she doesn't like mustard. Apparently not. But it, it was on one of the signs on on their way there. It was, um, he'll eat you with mustard or something like that. But So she's all like, but no, not mustard. <laughs> and he was like, why would I eat you with mustard? And she was like, well, because of the sign. And he was like, oh, well, that was one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time in thousands of years you eat mustard and you just can't live it down. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but he had apparently turned those people into bratwursts and ate them with mustard. And you have to eat well, them yeah, with mustard. Naturally. So the, the, what are we calling them? The group of peoples. The party. The party. Mm. That sounds like not a good place for a party. A party. <laughs> I don't know. So our, our band of our wanderers. Yeah. Our troop of characters. Our peeps. Our peeps, yo. <laughs> so our our characters are trying to get out of this situation and figure out what to do. And they're talking to him and trying to distract him. And that's not really working. Like, he's just bound and determined that he's going to eat them. And then... Argabella... Um, has this brilliant idea that she's going to sing to him, but kind of under her breath. So don't forget that Argabella can kind of weave little, like, light spells as long as her bard songs rhyme. So she starts singing this song um, under her breath about some certain nasal issues. Oh, we didn't go into his name. His old names? Yeah. I don't even remember them all. I don't either. And I didn't bring my book, so you would have to tap, tap, tap to find it. Tap, 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 tap. I can't remember. Actually, here we are. Actually. I found it. I found it. (laughs) Where'd it go? That's pretty much the story of our lives. Oh, here we are. You want to read them? Okay, so Olfactory is, like, ancient, right? So, um, over the years, he's been been known as many names. Um, Here's just a handful of them. Um, Nostradamus. um, (laughs) Nekubanozer. Nosiv of Nosereth, Nosy McConker. So, oh, Lord of the Sneeze. So it's it's like all making fun of his very large nose. Yes, and probably his name. His name. Yes. <laughs> so back to the spell. Um, she starts singing and weaving this song together about certain nasal issues, and all of a sudden, olfactory. In the middle of talking, sneezes so forcefully that he blows snot and grossness all over all of our, our friends that are sitting in marinade. Yep. And, of course, this disgusts everybody, including Olfactory. And he's like, I can't eat you now. Just go. Get out of my sight. You are disgusting. And I have lost my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> so he lets them go. And they are the first people to ever survive an encounter with Olfak. Because Argabella is brilliant. Yep. So they're like, all right, this is disgusting, but we need to get out of here as quickly as possible before he changes his mind. So they move on, and they come to this river, and they kind of wash off in this river, and they meet this ferryman. And he's like, oh my god, you guys made it past Olfactory. <laughs> Nobody ever does that. Ever. So, because of that, I'm going to bring you to Grinda, because... Grinda the Sandwich, because she wants, wants, wants to meet. will definitely want to meet you. And uh, they're like, well, we'll go and see her anyway. And he's like, well, how convenient. So, he kind of takes them over to where she lives. And, uh, yeah, that introduces Grinda. So, we meet Grinda. What do you think of Grinda? Grinda is manipulative. Yes. So, Grinda is this um, older witch... Mm-hmm. But she obviously alters her image to make her look younger. Yes, because when they see her, she is this young, vivacious, beautiful witch. Yes. And she lives on a beach. In this grand castle. With a lot of servants who are very happy. Oh, yeah. Very happy. She takes good care of them. She does. And there is also, like, a ton of little crabs with jewels on their shells all around her on the beach. Yeah. She's bougie. <laughs> oh, yeah. she's She's got style. She's Malibu Barbie of the Basically. Basically. <laughs> um, so she meets our friends, and she's all excited because they made it past Olfactory. And then they tell her, um, 
but we also kind of know your nephew, Worsley, and we kind of need your help because he's kind of dead. He's, he's kind of dead. <laughs> but not like real dead because we put him in a castle that you put to sleep, and so we think he's just like pretend dead, but not right, dead right. dead. Right. Like, well, we think you can help revive him. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks, you know. And apparently she wasn't super close to her sister. So she's like, yeah, okay, he's worse my family, but, you know, I'm not, like, super heartbroken over it. But, yeah, I'll try to help you. I'll do what I can for sure. But she doesn't want to start off right away. You know, like any good, like, like any woman would. She needs some time to prepare and to pack and get things in order for this trip. Mm-hmm. So she... So, um... But he, she's also confused why Worsley was even in that position to begin with. True. What the hell was he doing at this tower to begin with? And so they explained to her, well, you know, Worsley was under the pre- impression that he was a chosen one. And she's like, that's fucking hilarious. But didn't she know that already? Did she? Didn't her sister write her and tell her? No, because that letter was sent to Lord Toby. Oh, shit, that's so right. she didn't know. That's right. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So she's like, oh, well, you know what? This is all because of this dude, Watcher. Watcher? Watcher. Not entirely <laughs> sure how to pronounce it, but that's what we're going to go with. The L dude. L dude. L dude. <laughs> so apparently this Watcher character is um, the Chamberlain to King Benedict and is also Grinda's arch nemesis. And he's basically out to get Grenda, and... She realizes that there's kind of this big, political, twisty-tangly mess going on right now. Yeah. So, Worsley thinks he's a chosen one because Lotcher sent staff to tell him that he is. So, Lotcher sends staff, the fairy that we talked about last time, to tell Worsley that he's the chosen one because... He wants Worsley to kill the king so that he can take the king's place. Yes. So we're back into this, like, political spaghetti bowl, basically. Like, everybody is doing things to thwart other people doing things, and it's just a giant mess. Yes. Which is how we have the sleeping tower. We have a dead Worsley we have a talking goat. We have something else I can't think of at the moment. Mm. I don't know. So Brenda's all like, oh, this is just uh, Staff and Lotcher trying to get back at me or whatever. But uh, Worsley's like dead now, so he can't have really have been the chosen one. Because if he was the chosen one, he would have an aura around him. So he wouldn't, he would be protected until he fulfilled his chosen one duties. Right. So then she's like, here comes the question of who's the chosen one then? And Gustav's like, I don't know. And they all look at him like, you're a talking goat. When did you start talking? Yeah. And then that's when they realize that Worsley's not the chosen one. Gustav is. Because he's the only one that Staff actually used her magic on. Mm -hmm. And so that is how Worsley is dead. And why Gustav can talk. And so they decide that they need to do whatever they can to keep Gustav away from King Benedict. Right, because now Gustav is enchanted to fulfill a destiny of killing the king. And that is not what they want. What any of them want. No, they don't want to kill the king. So they're going to try to keep Gustav away from him. And the well, only way the to plan. And the only way to like break this whole cycle is to get rid of Lotcher and Staff. Yeah, they have to kill Lotcher and Staff. Yeah. So they all come to the conclusion that, all right, the new mission here is to find Lotcher and Staff and kill them before Gustav has the chance to kill the king. Right. So they set off on their journey the next day. Bella presses Grenda about the, um, the curse over the, the tower. And she's like, okay, that kind of answers all that. But what about me? Why did you enchant me to be a rabbit why is everyone in the tower asleep what is going on what is the whole point of this right and all grenda really says about it was that she put everyone to sleep in the castle to protect them from lotcher he was going to 
um, attack them and basically take over that tower. And so Grenda put a spell on them to put them to sleep, so he couldn't. Right, to protect them. And so Argabella's like, okay, that makes sense, but that still doesn't explain why I'm a fucking rabbit. Right. So she is like, she's getting pissed, and she's not having any of Grenda's hospitality towards the others. Like, she's just fuming. She's just angry. Yeah. And... It, it all goes back to this whole political mess, but I think it's a very good, um, I don't think analogy is the right word, but correlation of, yes, there are things that get done sometimes politically, and not that we're trying to make this a political platform. We no, not. not at all. But big political moves affect the little people. Oh, yeah. Like, poor Argabella. It's a ripple effect. Yeah, she's a fucking rabbit, and she just wants to know why. Right. But Grenda is like, oh, I'll tell you later, all in due time. She puts that part off. She doesn't want to tell her her, her play in this, why, why she's a rabbit, why she's the only one awake. Grenda's like, well, you know, I'll tell you tomorrow. It's late. Right. I'll tell you tomorrow. Go to sleep. <laughs> and um, I'll tell you when you're older. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're too young to know, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we have a witch and a wizard in the party. Yes. And we've already determined that Toby is not the most wizardly of wizards. Right. And Grenda is obviously a very powerful witch. Yes. Much more higher rank than Toby is. I don't know about you, Holly, but I saw like this very clear, not so much age difference, but mature Oh yeah. Difference. Like maturity, maturity level. level. Like, I see Toby as this teenager, almost. Man-child. Right. He's a man-child. Emphasis on the child part. Mm-hmm. And Grenda is this mature, older woman. She is established. She's got her shit together. Yes. She knows what she wants out of life. She yeah. knows how to get what she wants out she of life. She knows what she's doing. Right. Um, so, like all younger people do, like most, like most younger people do when they are in the presence of a more mature put-together person, they get a little envious. Oh, yeah. Or a and, lot envious. And one thing specifically that um, Toby fixates on is he notices Grinda's crystal wand. Is it crystal or is it glass? Is it, oh, it's glass. Yeah. It's, it's sand. sand. Yeah. Okay. So he notices her glass wand, and he, he thinks in his mind, I'm going to get that wand. Because one of the ways to become a better wizard is to have a wand. And that glass wand, she made. Doesn't she, like, keep it, like, in her... Yeah, she keeps it in her bosom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a great place to to store it. Right? (laughs) Except it's glass. Like, that would be weird feeling. Maybe she has, like, a pocket. She kind of (laughs) slipped it in her... Like, she kind of showed in this perfect little pocket in her, I don't know, bra. Do they wear bras in this? I don't know. Maybe a corset? Maybe a corset pocket. Possibly, yeah. That seems convenient. That does seem convenient. And then you could just be like, oh, no, whatever shall I do? Oh, you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but I'm, like, fanning myself like I'm having the vapors, and then just, like, pull it out. And then... <laughs> I'm having the vapors. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm having the vapors. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm freaking out. I'm just having the vapors. Oh, my God. Which is another reason why Toby fixates on this wand. Because she keeps it in the girls. And as we already have discovered, Toby's a bit of a... Perf. He's a lot of a perf. We'll just say it. He's a perf. Yeah, he's a perf. And so he's like, so she's I like, want to get my hands down in those for so many reasons. <laughs> so she's like putting her wand in there and she sees him looking. She's like, um, eyes up here, mister. <laughs> Toby's always getting put in his place. It's wonderful. It's great. He should be getting put in his place. He asks yes. for it. Ladies, girls, women, if some man is being a perf to you, it is perfectly acceptable for you to say, excuse me, I see what you're doing. Please don't. Oh, yeah. Put them in their place. Don't let them get away with that. Yes. Don't let them think that's okay. 
It's not. So, sorry for the side note. Um, so we have a very angry and frustrated Argabella. A very... Envious Lord Toby. Yes. And then the rest of the people. The yeah. rest of the characters. They're all, like, fine and hunky-dory. Right. But they all are banding together and, like, all right, we have this common goal now. Yes, we have a so, plan, sort of. Right. So, like, all right, well, first thing we need to do is we need to go stop at the uh, the goblin market and get some supplies before we embark on our journey. Supplies! Supplies! <laughs> <gasps> I laughed way too long at that in the supplies. recording. Supplies! Can you pour some of them in my cup? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure that was a great noise in the recording. Tell <laughs> <Show> me when. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. Okay, that's good. I hope you can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like someone's peeing in my cup. <laughs> um, it's Calypso. <laughs> Heyo. Heyo. I mean, I'm drinking a mango slush, so it kind of looks like someone peed in my cup. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's I'm gross. drinking a cherry slush, so um, we're just going to not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got kidney problems. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Back to the story. Um, so they have to go to the goblin market to get their supplies and makeovers because you can't go on a trip without a makeover. Right? No, because they're going to um, this, you know, the capital, right? Pretty much. Kind of like in The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got to they gotta look right. You know, they're a couple of country hicks, you know. <laughs> they, they're coming up to this, this city, right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Holly's never been to the big city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the little country. <laughs> Not in spirit, though. <laughs> no, no, just an accent. <laughs> just an accent. Just in character. <laughs> but in the, the goblin market, they each see things that they want to see. Um... Oh, and the Goblin Market, it, the only way they get there is because Brenda has to, like, basically tear a hole in, like, space and time. Oh, yeah! Like, magically, for them to even get in. Like, okay. she legit, like, opens a door out of nothing. And they end up in this um, Goblin Market, this real magical place. They all see what they want to see. Like, for example, Fia sees full sets of armor and, you know, weapons. And, and uh, Toby sees, you know, magical things that wizards would watch. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy fingers. <laughs> oh my Toby sees a lot of magical shit. <laughs> Poltro sees, like, new black outfits and... Yeah, yeah, sneaky stuff. Sneaky, sneaky stuff. Like, quiet shoes. And- yeah. And speaking of shoes, Gustav sees a lot of old, worn-out leather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Um, but when Toby is looking around at all of the magically things that he sees... Magically? <laughs> it's magically. Magicful. It's magicful. It's magicful. It's magicful. <laughs> as Argabello would say. Um, he sees this curtain across the doorway that says... Wizards only. Oh, and it's important to note that Grinda said specifically, do not touch a thing. Nothing. Not a single solitary thing are you allowed to touch. Don't touch. So Toby, being Toby, sees the wizards only curtain and says, well, I'm a wizard. I need to see what's behind the curtain. So he goes, and in order to go through the curtain, he has to touch it. He pushes it aside and goes through. Into a room full of darkness. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf. And Merlin. And that's it. Yeah. Just a black room. Yeah. So what are Gandalf and Merlin doing? They're stuck there. Well, Gandalf's dead. Yeah! He's just bones. Yeah! And Merlin's like this old scraggly dude, and he's just like, oh, yeah, that you you touch the curtain. You touch something. That's how they get you. Uh, you're stuck here now, though. You're stuck here for the rest of your life. Everyone out there has totally forgotten about you. Yeah. So Toby's thinking, well, it's fine. They'll come back and find me. And Merlin's like, like, no. No, bro. No. That's not how this works. They all forgot about you. You're stuck here. And, uh, but so as he's, like, talking to this Merlin guy, all of a sudden he hears, um, his friend's calling his voice. I mean, his friend's voice? (laughs) His friend's voice. (laughs) His friend's calling his name. And so he's like, 
Well, see, you're wrong, because my friends still remember me. They're calling for me. They're looking for me. Here come, like, the curtain opens, and there's this huge, like, goblin guard. And he's like, you, are you Toby? Yes, yes, I am. And he's like, get out of here. And so he's like, oh, my goodness, thank you guys. You didn't forget about me. And they all are kind of looking a little sheepish. They're all kind of like, um. Yeah, no, of course not. And then Gustav's like, yeah, they did forget you. They all forgot about you. I was the only one who remembered. I was like, we got to find Toby. And they're like, who the hell's Toby? Yeah. But that goes to show you his um, aura as a chosen one, you know, is um, shielding him from even the goblin magic. Oh, that is totally not what I got. Oh, what did you get? The fact that the rest were all people and he was an animal. Oh. <laughs> I, well, I thought it was because he was the chosen one. That's probably why it is, but okay. my brain was it's just like... like... <laughs> his animal brain. <laughs> his animal brain remembered things. <laughs> yes. They are no match for the animal brain. <laughs> no tell over the goat. So they get all their, their supplies. They retrieve their Toby. And they, uh... They hightail it out of the goblin market. Oh, well, first they consult this one guy who um, has, like, these maps of the world, and they kind of plan out their their path based on, you know, what he sees. And uh, and there's two main ways to go. Yes. So they could go the hella long way, like, scenic route, stopping at all of the rest stops. There's, like, the giant peach in Georgia that you got to stop and see. Like, yeah. <laughs> all of the touristy places. Or you could go the shortcut, which is dangerous. So nobody ever goes that way. Yeah. Um, they have to go... The dangerous way is they have to go through the catacombs of yore. Catacombs. Catacombs. The combs? The catacombs? Catacombs of yore. <laughs> <sighs> and nobody quite knows what happens in the catacombs of yore. Right, they just know it's, like, scary, and you don't want to do that. And it has something to do with all of your biggest fears. From your past. From your childhood. Oh, from your childhood, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess... Childhood fears. Yeah. But they're arguing over which path that they should take. Grenda and Toby. Is Toby on the side of not going to the catacombs? Mm. You know, I don't remember who chooses what side in this one. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think they kind of breeze over this. I know Fia is like, no, we're taking the most direct route... Like, how scary can childhood fears be? Like, yeah. ooh. And Grinda's like, no, you don't understand. Right. It's, it's worse than you think it is. So they're like, whatever. We'll figure this out as we go. So they leave. And, uh, okay. So they leave um, the Goblin Market. And they're going on their way to Songlin. That's the name of the city that they're going right, to. Right, the capital. Songlin. Where Lacha is. And um, so on their way, Argabella is just, like, fuming. And, like, she's like, you know what? Brenda said she'd tell me today. It's today. And she still hasn't told me. <laughs> she needs to tell me. And she just, she's so mad that she just kind of attacks Grenda. And she's like, fucking tell me what happened to me. Why am I this way? And Grenda's like, you don't need to know. And it's like, no big deal. And, like, they actually start to, like, fight. Yeah. And, like, they're scuffling around. And then all of a sudden, everybody just gets swooped up into this net and so they all start kind of well they get swooped up into this net and turns out this particular net is um enchanted to make people tell the truth convenient plot point right it's kind of like the lasso of truth that wonder woman has yeah yeah exactly exactly but like how convenient timing for truth to come out right always so um People are saying all kinds of craziness, like, uh, um... Toby is saying he has never had friends, and he doesn't know if he actually likes these people, and Argabella is like, I love everybody! You guys are my best friends, and I want to be friends forever! And Poltra's like, I want to eat Gustav! <laughs> yes, Poltra's just like, I like curry! Goat curry! And Gust- we have goat! And Gustav's like, I hate you all! <laughs> And uh, Argabella and Fia kind of are like, I think you're hot. <laughs> I like your fluffy tail. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Grenda is like, uh, you weren't supposed to be a part of this, um, this whole curse. You, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I set up the, the enchantment to where um, this strapping young lad would come in. And give the lady a rose and fall in love with her. And then he would 
turn into this beast that would protect the the tower. But instead, you showed up and gave the lady a rose, and instead of a beast, you turned into a cute bunny to protect the tower. And she's like, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to do this to you. You were just wrong place, wrong time, and that sucks, uh, you know. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. And Agabella's like, blink, 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 blink. What? <laughs> she's like, the fuck? <laughs> you mean to tell me that I saw this rose on the ground and wanted to give it to my friend, and I turned myself into a fucking rabbit? She was like, you mean to, this was an accident? Wrong place? Wrong time? Like, are you kidding me? And she's, so then she's like, fix it! Fix it now! Like, whatever you gotta do, you fix it! You did this, you fix it! Yeah. And Grenda's like, Grenda's like, there's really nothing I can do. She's like, really the only way to lift the whole curse would be to destroy the heart, Rose. But even if I did, and even if I turned you back into a person, you would still never go back to who you used to be. You've changed. And nothing, no magic can change that. Right. And so it got real deep real quick. Real deep. Because she's right. She is. Like, like, she can go back to being a, a human. But she's but never she'll never be. be who she was before this curse. Never. So, and Argabella's like, well, damn, you're right. And then Fia's just like, but I like you as a baby. Yeah. And then Argabella's like, well, I like you too. And then they, they're like, all right, enough of this. Let's get out of here. You know. And so they start trying to figure out how to get out. And Argabella's like, okay, well, I got my answer. Well, what's a bunny good for? And she realizes she's got bunny teeth. Big old chompers. Big old chompers. <laughs> I really don't know how to describe the face that Holly just made. It was slightly more chickmunk than chipmunk bunny. Chipmunk rabbit. Oh, but anyway, yeah. Argabella starts to chew on the, the ropes. And she chews through a couple of them, and they all fall to the ground. And they're like, whew, okay, so we're out of that. And Argabella and Fia are like, um, so we're just going to go. Oh, but in the process of them falling, um, Grinda's wand is broken. So they fall out, and Argabella and Fia are like, um, so we're going to be right back. we got to go um, powder our noses alone. Over in the woods where nobody can see us. We'll be back. Bye. And the others are like picking themselves off and dusting themselves off. And Toby looks down and he notices that Grenda's wand is smashed to smithereens because it was made of glass. Right. And Grenda's like, oh, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. I'm going to need to make another one of those. Because what nobody else has realized up to this point is that Grenda's old. Yeah. And she has to constantly enchant herself like... You know, enchant her knees so that they're not so achy and enchant her mind so that she doesn't forget things. And, you know, it's important that she is able to keep herself up in order to, you know, not become this vegetable, pretty much. Well, that was rude. I didn't know how else to say that. (laughs) So, yeah, she has to, like, continually do these spells so that she doesn't become old and senile and then forget how to be a witch. Right. Because all she's put all of this on her shoulders, her castle, her her they're not employees, what do you call them? Her servants? Her I don't want to say servants, but I mean that's what they are. Yeah. Her help? Is that worse? She's put all of this stuff on her shoulders and she's afraid that if something happens to her, it's all gonna fall apart. Right. And she doesn't wanna die. Well of course not. You know, she wants to be young and, you know vibrant and capable. Capable, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, but in order to do all that, she needs her wand. So she's like, okay, so we need to find a place where I can make a wand. A-S-A-P. Like, this is priority. Um, so they're still trying to figure out where they need to, need to uh, go. And they come to they, they come to the, um, the fork in the road. And this is where they need to decide which path they're going to take. And um, so they start arguing about where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And Paltra is still like, I'm hungry. I want to eat goat. And Toby's like, I want to be a Dark Lord. I need a chosen one, Hart. We got a chosen one. He's a goat. Let's kill him. And Gustav is like, Fia, Argabella. But of course, Fia. Are you guys back yet? Yeah. (laughs) And they're not. They're still together in the woods. Doing Doing we know what. You know what. Doing what bunnies do. Mm -hmm. And Gustav is like, well, crap, I'm going to have to take care of this by myself. And... So it's two against one, 
And he's like, well, I'm just going to do it. And so he stands off. He squares off against Poultra and Lord Toby. And Poultra goes to attack. And she trips. And Toby goes to attack. And he trips over Poultra. And there's, like, this huge, big scuffle. Yeah. And um, and Gustav, you know, gets the opportunity to, you know, kind of ram them both in the head and which knock he them take, out. Which he takes. Oh, yeah. Quite immediately. He was very glad about it. So he just had this lucky shot and knocked them both out. And Grenda's like, um, so you see, you guys, see how the ground is all red? Mm-hmm. This place is cursed. And it's looking for blood. Yeah, it's just the ground wanted you all to fight. Yep. So it could soak up your blood, which is where Holly's favorite quote comes into play. Yep. When you she forgot her favorite quote. I know. I just don't want to. I just don't want to missay it. When people act so strangely that you start to hate them, it's worth looking to see what might be controlling them. In this case, it was the ground. It was. It was the cursed path that craves blood. Yep. And it turned the two against. Gustav. But what saved Gustav was his chosen one, Aura. Yep. Because he hasn't fulfilled his destiny. So therefore... He can't be eaten yet. Nope, they can't kill him. So after this realization, um, you know, the girls come back and they're like, okay, we need to pick a path. And they're like, okay, well, if we go toward the catacombs... Catacombs? Catacombs. Catacombs of lore, you know, we can stop at the little town in between, we can all rest... And Grenda, you can make a new wand. And that's just the way we need to go. And they're all like, okay, fine, we'll go that way. And Grenda's like, I need a new wand. So, like, we're going that way. She gets very in control because she's starting to freak out a little. Yeah. So they do. They go that way and they stop at the town and rest. And Grenda is able to make a new wand and do her little enchantments to keep her in tip-top shape. And then they continue on. And they come to the catacombs of lore. And, um... Wait, of lore? Your. Oh, it's your. <laughs> See, I did this! I did this for the last one! You did! Oh, my God! What's up? You're like, what the heck? I did this last time! Wow! I'm so done with myself. <laughs> you need to say this part, because apparently I am incapable. So, after they leave the town, Grenda has her, her new wand... And they head off to the catacombs of Yore, where um, they are warned against things such as acid leeches, um, being licked to death, necrobees, and the horrors of Yore, which are basically your past fears, your childhood fears. And so they're all thinking, like, it can't be that big of a deal. Childhood fears. We got this. We can do this. Right. So they get to the catacombs, and they start to go in. And if you don't know where catacombs are, they're dark. They're underground. They're full of dead things. Yeah. So they're creepy anyway. They're basically underground graveyards. Yes. I've actually walked through catacombs before. Oh, have you? I have. When we in, lived in, in Italy. Italy. Yeah. But that was so cool. It was. I was so young. I don't remember it much anymore. But yeah, it was oh. really cool. Um, very dark. Very tight spaces. That's so cool. I'd love to do that one day. Yeah, it was really cool. But um, it's dark, and Grenda's like... Okay, I will make a glowing orb, and we'll carry it, and it'll light a few feet ahead of us. And Toby's like, bitch, that's the best you got? I can best you at something? And he's all getting a little cocky, and he's starting to strut his stuff, and he ha- he pulls out this jar of algae from his... He's like, he's like hold my beer. I got this. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he pulls out this algae, and he puts it on the wall, and then he whispers a couple of magic words to it, and the algae starts glowing and growing. And it's lighting up both sides of the cavern in this catacomb. And they're all just like, oh, yeah. I, you did something right. Go, Toby! Woo! And, and even Grenda has to be like, wow. That's good job, Toby. Yeah, good job, Toby. Yeah. Like, damn. So she, it's like she's reali- she's remembering that just because... I'm old doesn't mean that I know everything. Right. There are still things that I can be taught. Right, exactly. And, like, everyone here has something they can contribute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say something snarky, but so it's like, out. Meow. <laughs> meow? Did she just meow? <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> but um, I think this is an important part because it kind of shows them coming together a little bit more as a group. 
Yes, yes, they do. It shows a little bit more teamwork there. Like they're starting to get used to each other, and you know, not totally, not a hundred percent, but they're starting to be like, okay, we're a team. I know you didn't write this down in your notes, but on the way to the catacombs, is this when they're rhyming back and forth? They're they're making oh, they are. They're making puns. And it reminds me so much, because we talked about this last time, it reminds me so much of The Princess Bride, which you haven't seen, have you, Holly? Still have not seen. Oh, we need to make her watch this movie. Only if you watch Phineas and Ferb. I will watch Phineas and Ferb and okay. see Dr. Doofus snort. Dr. Doof. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. We'll do this. But one of my favorite lines, so they're rhyming back and forth, and Andre the Giant ends with, anybody want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) And it's wonderful. And so they're making these puns back and forth about bread to to Lord Toby because he's so full of himself. And it was just, it was really funny. And you see them, you you do, you see them kind of melding and, and working together and starting to... Kind of form a bond with each other. They are. So they get to the catacombs. Lord Toby does his thing and gets to show off a little. And now he's walking like a big man. And they start to see these bees. Mm-hmm. But they're not normal bees. There's something about them that's different. Well, first of all, they're black and white. Yeah. Which is not normal for bees. No. And they're underground. Which so, is also not normal. Right. So there's no flowers of vegetation for them to be feeding off of here. So what are they feeding off of? Well, we don't know yet, but Toby gets really freaking excited. Like, he starts fangirling so hard over these bees. And he's like, oh my god, I know what these are. And I know he's a dude and all, but I totally see him doing the whole, like, um, almost like the having the vapors thing. But he's, he's having like, the vapors. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, I know this, I know this, oh my god, it's them, it's them, it's, it's Lord the Toby is having the vapors. Yeah, he's, he's fangirling so hard, and he starts running, and he's like, I know what these are. And he goes, and these, they're necrobees, so they're bees that feed off of dead people. Mm-hmm. And they make flesh honey, which is as disgusting as it sounds. Yes, but supposedly this flesh honey, if you eat it, it will add, what, 10 years to your life? Who would yeah. want to eat it, though? To add 10 years to your life? Flesh honey. Ten years. Flesh honey. You'll forget it in a few years. <laughs> and keeps your brain young. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he's like, oh my God, do you think we could take some? And Grimm's like, um, we, we're not prepared for that. Yeah. These bees are actually deadly. Can we not stay here? And he's like, you're right. At least I know where they are. They're not going anywhere. I can come back another day. Yes, I can come back and give me some of that flesh honey. And every time poor Argabella hears the words flesh honey, she vomits. Yeah, it grosses her out. I don't blame her. Yeah, I mean, it is gross. I will admit. It is pretty nasty. It nasty. But they've made it through the first hurdle in the catacombs of yore. They've made it past the necrobees, which... It's important to point out that the Necrobees were created by the Dread Romancer Steve, Dude. who is... Dread Necromancer? <laughs> dread Romancer? <laughs> Shit! I said that so confidently, too. Close enough, though, right? I mean, he dates around <laughs> a lot, as we will find well, out. So Dread Necromancer Steve apparently dated Fia... For a little while. For a little while. And, uh, but she doesn't really want to talk about it. But apparently, he's the guy who, um, he made these bees, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, this famous necromancer. <laughs> but they kind of, like, breeze over him. But he's important later on. We'll talk about that later. That comes later. <laughs> Dread romancer. <laughs> That's... Story of a life. <laughs> <laughs> He's a womanizer, so he. What <laughs> a bad one. Dread this romancer, um, Steve. <laughs> so they go on through the catacombs and they meet this man. Vin. 
then the your, <laughs> and then then the Biden times. Oh, I just I didn't write it in the right order. Okay, so they make it past the bees, and they're feeling pretty confident, and they they come across this old man, who is like. I am but a humble servant, and my master has been dead for these many years. Come look, he looks like he is but asleep. And they're like, okay. Kind of creepy, but what ifs? You're in the middle of the catacombs. All right, When he has to take a look at your dead boss. I, we got this. Cool. So they go over, and they look, and they're like, looks dead to me. And he's like, take a closer look. And they're like, okay. So they lean in closer, and he laughs maniacally and is like, I got you! And all of a sudden, the floor is falling out like, from under them. He was like, well, his secret was leeches! Oh, and shit, then, I forgot about that. And then he, like, pulls a lever, and then they fall into this, like, shallow pool of water. What they think is water. Liquid. Yeah, liquid. Liquid. That's so gross. <laughs> we can say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and um so they start to feel like these sharp pains yeah like realize biting them yeah and then so they realize oh my god leeches are attacking us but not only that but the water is attacking us the water is acid it's like the floor is lava only worse the water is acid yeah and there's leeches that are biting you so at the same time so they tr- make this mad dash to get out of this pool, and poor Grenda is, the, that between the acid and the leeches, it's kind of tearing away at her spells. It's making her age faster because it's, it's pulling out that life force that yeah. she has. Mm-hmm. And so everybody else is like, booked it out of the pool, and Grenda's like, well, this is how I die, and I don't want to die like this. And she's kind of freaking out, and the next thing she knows... Here comes Fia and Argabella, and they're like, we got you, let's go. And so Fia picks her up, and they make it out of the... The pool of leeches. Yeah. And Grenda is like, oh my god, you guys saved me, I was gonna die in there. See, that's another bonding moment for them, too. She's like, you know, not only all this other realizations that we've had of, like, us being like, oh, you know, everyone has their part, but they actually... Saved her life. Saved her life. And she realizes... Excuse me. Sorry, guys. She realizes that she's not invincible. Like, she needs them, too. Yeah. Like, like they, she's, like, this independent woman, right? But then now she's realizing, hey, you know, it's it's nice to have friends. It's nice to have people here that are going to help me out. Mm-hmm. So that's them bonding a little bit more there. So they make it through the necrobees, and they made it through the, the acid leeches. And they're like, well, we got to keep going on. We're sure as hell not going back. we got to find a way out. So they're going through these catacombs. Toby's lit up the walls again. Oh, they used some healing potion that Grenda had yeah. to heal everybody. To heal those wounds from the leeches. So they're all like, okay, we're all feeling okay now. Let's keep going. And they come across this other old man. And he comes out, and he's like, welcome to, you know. The catacombs of yore. Yeah. Dun, dun, time. And they're like, yore? Like, you know, Y-O-R-E? And he's like, no. Like, Y-O. Then amulet. Amulet on top. And then R. And they're like, yeah, yore. And he's like, no, not yore. Your and they're like, right, your and he's like, you're not pronouncing the amulet. I can hear you not saying it. How long did you sit there and try to say it a different way? Than- oh, longer than I care to admit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, is there really a difference? <laughs> Same. <laughs> so he's he's getting so angry because they're not pronouncing. I almost said pronouncing. Pronouncing. <laughs> they're not pronunciating. The amulet. And he's, like, getting seriously pissed off about it. Which, I can sort of understand. I mean, you can't hear the difference, but I can kind of understand. And he's like, well, screw you all. And he takes his wand, and he 
whips it around, I guess. He, he gesticulates with his wand. Gesticulates. <laughs> and a black cloud comes out and settles over Toby. And they're like, okay, and? And then all of a sudden, these moths come flying out of everywhere. And Toby's like, ah! there's moths! And they're like all flying around him. And he's like panicking. And he just kind of crumples in the ball on the floor. And like, well, he tries to attack them with bread first. Oh, that's true. And as we know, bread is not an effective weapon. No. And so he just falls. Not even against moths. Yeah, not even against moths. Um, His glowing algae would have been a better weapon against the moths. Right. But, um, no, it wouldn't have attracted him. (laughs) I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he falls, crumples under this weight of moths and bread. And so he's out of the picture. Yeah. And old scary dude is like... All right. Who's next? Yeah. And so next is Paltrow, and he, like, you know, does his thing, waves his wand at her, and uh, a llamatar appears, which is what it sounds like. It's like a centaur, but a llama. So freaking terrifying. A llama human. Yeah, and it's, you know, chasing her around. And And um, she's terrified of them because she watched her mother and father get eaten by a llamatar. Yeah. It's really sad. It's and horrifying. Yeah, so she was seriously traumatized by this llamatar, and it's now chasing her, trying to kill her. Yeah. And everybody else is like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, we gotta help. But before they can actually do anything... He, no- moves, he moves on to the next person, which is Argabella. And so for her, her father appears, and he's just kind of chastising her and basically telling her... Um, what she needs to be doing with her life and how she's disappointing him. Because she wants to be an accountant. Like, he is pissed off because his wife ran away with an accountant. And he is like, no, you can't do what you want to do. You have to be a musician and you have to make music and you have to become a bard and you're going to be a wonderful bard. And she's like, but dad, I just want numbers and order and yeah, my tidy little desk. solid you know, something she can compute. And he's like, no, you're going to be the next rock and roll star. Yeah, so she, he's yelling at her. And so she starts, you know, she's crying and, you know, freaking out. And um, so as that's going on, um, and next, her crying and freaking out is pissing Fia off. And Fia's oh, yeah. like, you're not going to fuck with my buddy, my bunny, honey, my honey buddy like that. And isn't she the one who gets hit hit next? Actually, it's um, Grinda next. Oh, okay. So for Grinda, all of a sudden, she's just paralyzed. Just completely frozen in place. And so that translates as helplessness. There's nothing she can do. I understand that fear. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, Fia is hit next, and it is a small boy with a hatchet stuck in his head. So you know, like just reading that, small boy, hatchet in his head, everything you know about Fia, Mm -hmm. you know what happened. Oh, yeah. But what you don't know is that that small boy was her best friend. Yeah. Like, they were super close, and she was throwing a hatchet... Like they, like she always did, and this boy walked right in front at the wrong time, and that's the first person she killed. Yeah, and it was an accident, but she's carried the weight of that her entire her entire life. life. Yeah. So the little boy is actually chasing her around now. Trying, now he's yeah, trying to kill her. The, this, um, I guess, image. Is, it's a, it's a. Apparition? Yeah, yeah. Um, this version of him is chasing her around and trying to kill her. And um, so obviously that's difficult for her because of the emotions that come with that. Right. And um, so then next is Gustav. And what appears is Worsley. And he's telling him, oh, we're going to eat you. Me and my parents, we're fixing to cook you up and eat you. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's Gustav's biggest fear. So, so for a minute, they're all trying to fight their own fears themselves, which is what I think we all do in life, is we take it on ourselves to deal with our issues. Yeah. But they don't realize that it's not until they start helping each other with their each other's fears yeah. that they get anywhere. Like, exactly. they're all going to die. Yeah, these, these apparitions, they're very real. Yeah. And they can very well kill them. <clears throat> so they have to fight these things or they're going to die. And they do. They fight and... But they help each other. And they help fight each other's fears. And that's what gets them through this mess, is the teamwork. Except for Grenda. Because helplessness is not really something that somebody else can fight for you. Like, yeah. you have to do it. And poor Grenda, she can't help the others either. Yeah. So she can see. Can she see or can she hear? She can see and hear. She comprehends everything that's going on. But she can't she, move. And she she, can't she cannot move or talk or anything. See, I was thinking she could hear, but she couldn't see. I could be wrong. I, I think she could. This is why you all should read the book, so you can correct us when we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, we, when we must mess up a little bit here. Yeah. But, memories fail us a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, so she... <clears throat> excuse me. She uh, is helpless and all by herself, and they've defeated the other fears, and they're moving on, and Fia's like, well, we can't leave her. Yep. So come along, and she throws her over her shoulder, and off they go. Yep. They have defeated the Wizard of Yore. And they're they're on their way. And moving oh, on. And he tells them, "You all defeated me. Okay, that's good. Here's the door. Right outside the door. Or this is how you get out, basically. Yeah. And once you get out the door, there's a physician. And oh, by the way, you're really gonna need that physician. And they're like." I mean, we've been through some stuff, but we're okay. We're fine. And so they start down the, it's not a hallway, but. Yeah, the next room, I guess. Yeah. To, to leave. Okay, so then they move on to the next room. So that they can leave. Yes. And they're walking along, and they're, like, on the lookout. But they're like, well, the only thing left, left is tongues. Yeah. How dangerous can a tongue be? What are they going to do? Like us to death. And then from the ceiling, this giant tongue like unrolls. And at the bottom of, like at the tip of this tongue, are fucking teeth. Yeah. And it takes a bite out of them. And they're like, what the fuck? It literally bites their flesh and tears away chunks of them. Yeah. And as soon as the first one happens, they're like, ow. And then somebody else is like, ow. And then the next thing you know, it's. Tongues everywhere, taking chunks of flesh out of our merry band of travelers. Basically eating them alive. And they're like, there's nothing to do but fucking run. And so they, like, book it. And poor Grenda can't run. She still can't move. So Fia's carrying her. And poor Poultra is hit quite a bit. And she, at one point, like falls, and Thea's like, fuck it, I got you, and she picks her up, and they're just booking it as fast as they can. Yeah. Like, Toby's shooting bread at him, which helps a little bit. Yay for the bread. Because yeah. it kind of, it gives he the makes, tongue something else to go towards. Yeah, and he, at one point, uh, even makes, like, this bread umbrella over them. Yeah, so it kinda, helps a little. Yeah. But there's so many tongues coming at them that... There's really nothing else that they can do. So they're running, and they're running, and they're running. And they get to the door, and they bust through the door. And then they all just, like, drop. They just from completely collapse. And, and loss of blood. Loss of blood. And, and they all black out. All of them. And the next thing you know, Argabella is waking up in this hut that smells like feet and body odor and dirt. Yes. And she realizes, um, excuse me. Why am I naked? <laughs> and what is on me? Because there is some sort of animal on her. On her. Literally on her. Suction cupped to her. And she's like, um, excuse me. What is going on? And this woman walks in. And she is like, and this he, 
big, voluptuous, hippie woman is kind of how I've envisioned yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly what she is. Yeah. Her name, she is Belladonna the Healer. And she is this real, sultry, sensual... Sexy. Sexy. She's sexy as fuck. Sexy, hippie, down-to-earth lady. And she's a healer. And she's got everyone in the room stripped naked. And she's got these, not octopus, but sextopods. Sextopods. They have six legs. Yeah, she got sex to pie. Sex to pussy. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, Holly just said sex to pusses. Sex to puss. It's a sex to pod. Sex to pussy. So we have this, she, they're covered in sextopods, and we find out this is how she heals. She doesn't believe in things like cleaning and and sterilizing. She, traditional medicine. No, she um, she believes in sextopods, and sort of magic. And granted, they are working. They are, because Argabella looks down, and she has pink skin and soft, fluffy new fur, and she's like, I mean, I look better than I did when I got out of those tongues, I know. Yeah. She doesn't so, have any gaping wounds anywhere. So she's, while she's not knocking it, she's still a little confused. Like, yeah. it's working. I don't know that I'm okay with it, though. And then she looks over, and she sees all of Fia completely naked. And she's like, she's like, okay, I can dig it. Okay. I'm, I'm a little bit more okay with it. <laughs> And following Belladonna, which it cracks me up that her name is Belladonna. Do you know what Belladonna is? Belladonna is a poisonous berry. Oh. Yeah, like it could kill you. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. It was used for a while in medicine. And in fact, in um, Victorian, I think Victorian times, women would put drops of Belladonna tincture in their eyes because it would make their pupils dilate and get really big. But if you did too much, you would die. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Sorry, random facts. I'm full of those. You learn something new every day. Um, but following Belladonna is her nurse person, her her trainee. Yes. Um, whose name is Bigelow, and he's just this sexy young man, kind of a bumbling idiot. Yes. Yeah. But he's really good looking. Oh yeah, he is. I hope you all can't hear my stomach. He is this. Uh, he is this glistening Adonis. Yes. He's stupid. Stupid, stupid. Yes, straight stupid. So everyone is, like, um, all waking up at this point. Everyone's slowly waking up. Except for Toby. He's kind of out of it. Yeah, he's, he's like, super, like, woo. I guess, drugged up. Yeah, still. pretty much. And uh, so Belladonna's like, all right, so what you need is some coffee, man. We need to wake you up a little bit. So she's like, Bigelow. Go and get this man some coffee. And he's like, got it. So he goes and he gets the coffee. And he comes back and he brings it to Toby. And Toby's like, yum. And so he just downs his coffee. not Doesn't even look at it. Which, and, granted, that's a mood. Right? You, like, there are several mornings that I'm just like, if it is hot and has caffeine, give it to me. Yes, I will, like, brew my coffee with my eyes shut. And, like, drink it. Like, don't even look at it. Yeah. But he does, and he's like, oh, this coffee tastes like frogs and... Nastiness. Yeah. And it's kind of thick and a little chunky. And, and green and bubbling. And Belladonna's like, fucking Bigelow? <laughs> That's not the coffee! It clearly says, not coffee! And he's like, oh, I must have been confused about the not part. <laughs> so what he had actually given Toby... Is poison for a troll. Yeah, it's this frog smoothie and it's poisonous and um, deadly. Like real deadly. Like like as dead. Yeah, as soon as Toby drinks it, he's dead. He croaked. Oh Oh my god, he croaked! (laughs) He croaked at the frog smoothie. That's amazing. (laughs) That is book is genius man and that is actually where we're gonna leave you intentionally this time intentionally this time this is an intentional cliffhanger yes (laughs)
I hope you all like this. I'm very sorry it's coming out a little bit later, although it's now going to get you through the slightly longer time period between the postings, because there was like three weeks between. Yeah. There was, there was a while. But um, we will be back at our normal schedule starting the first Wednesday of the month. Come back to hear the second part. Yeah, thanks again for listening. Yeah, and thank you again for being patient and, and bearing with us. We love you guys. Be sure to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can reach us on all of our social media if you have any questions, comments, opinions on the books, or suggestions for other books. You can always find us at Booklet Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, or you can email us at bookletpodcast at gmail.com. That's about it. You guys have a great night. See y'all later. Happy Happy reading. Bye. Bye. This episode was hosted and produced by Hollywood and Paige Turner.